That Blues, Royal Blue family, you got Harry, you got Charlie, you got George now, George Hewitt in the midfield. How good are they looking? Burden stood up, Martin might kick the goal, kicks, rolls it through, Blues back in front. Cottrell, long one, Mackay in good marking shape, Motlock ground level, got his second in the quarter. Fisher gets another look at it and misses, no! Chera sweeps a handball forward. Can they finish? Grips from 52. Over the top. And bounces it through. Doherty. He's almost within range. He goes long. Monstrous. He's been the story of the season. The Blues are back, baby. Hello and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Your host, Jed Zetz, here alongside my co-host, Harrison Hyman's-Bolt. How are you and welcome? Well, I'm good. I'm good. Nice to be back on the winner's sheet after a long six-week losing streak and our first win on home soil in 72 days as well. It's been a long time. Haven't won in Victoria since Good Friday. So mm. it was nice to have a nice day at the football, wasn't it? Nice and relaxing in the Sunday sun. Well, it's always... Better with a win. It's definitely better with a win. And, I mean, you know, the Gold Coast weren't much today, but... Weren't much. <laughs> they they were abhorrent. And, uh, yeah, regardless of that, you take the win and you move into the bye and reflect on the first half of the season. But, uh, Bolt, your thoughts on the game today? Um, you were out there pretty quickly after the final siren. Did you enjoy it? What like Does it change anything? What's the immediate... No, it doesn't change anything in the grand scheme of things. As in the reality is, the first 14 games of the season have been an absolute joke. But we're here to talk about this game in isolation. And this game was good. It was very refreshing. It was nice just to be able to relax a bit at the football. And, you know, it was a pretty cruisy win from us. But um, I guess, you know, the first quarter was pretty terrible. And I thought we were sloppy in the second half as well. But obviously, at least there was still an ability to score. But the second mm. quarter was, I guess, proof that, and I'm not sure why it's taken so long, but when you play a bit more direct, a bit more fast and centrally through the middle, is in, I'm not sure if you've seen our disposal heat map from the second quarter alone, but it's literally all through the middle third of the ground. So when you play a bit more direct, which we've been pleading for for the last 18 months, you know, you get the results and the goals are flowing. We kicked nine goals in a quarter where we've only... We haven't managed that in the game in over a month. So, it was a nice change. Was, you, they, they just had to win. I think the whole club, everyone was a bit on edge, a bit tense, agitated. We just needed something. We know where we're at. We go into the bye and hopefully they can reset and see what is to come after the bye. Yeah, well, you mentioned that we haven't kicked nine goals in a month. We haven't kicked nine goals since the Friday night game against Brisbane in round eight. So, we kicked... Uh, eight goals against the Dogs, kick seven against the Pies, and then in the last three games we've just been able to kick six. So it's crazy. Nice to kick nine in a quarter, but um, I mean, you mentioned the fact that we were more direct. Do you think that was as a result of us changing the way we play, or was that simply Gold Coast not being able to stop it? Because I feel like clubs have been able to stop that, stop our stoppage dominance this year. Because I think I said it to you at halftime, like. We are very, very good at stoppage footy. Like, we're very good around the ball, and that's about it. And I feel like, well, not that's about it, but that's that's the clear, that's our clear um, strong point. I, I feel like clubs have just stopped that for most of the year, and that's why we haven't been able to win. And then today, do you feel like it was more the Gold Coast just were coached poorly and yeah. weren't able to stop that? Well, we're a very predictable and easy team to coach against and the fact they couldn't do... The, the number one thing that every other team's managed to do this year is an indictment on the Gold Coast, well, yeah, really. They, they couldn't stop us at the one thing we're good at, essentially. They just couldn't slow the game down. And I guess, you know, in the second quarter specifically, center clearance center clearance numbers at halftime were 10 to 3, which is just complete and utter dominance. Um and we had a bit of a different midfield mix today, I thought. You know, we, we saw a bit from 
guys like Cunningham and Fogarty going through there as well at certain points, both in their first game of the season. Um, and Doherty was exclusively played in a wing, you can say, for the game. So it was a bit of a different mix in there, and it was good. You know, maybe that different dynamic going with your three big dogs of Cripps, Chera, and Sam Walsh was the way to go for the majority of the game. Matt Kennedy for the majority of the game. But um, the midfield dominant, we just completely overwhelmed them. And when you can walk it out of the middle so frequently, you're going to score more likely than not. It was good. As in, yeah, it was very... The second quarter was very pleasing. I thought it was... I thought we were pretty sloppy thereafter. Um, as in, that's what I thought. But did enough, obviously. As in, as in, at least we looked a threat most times we went forward with the ball. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Um, yeah. Just an interesting game, I think, and just the way um, that it unfolded. Didn't expect the goal. I thought the, I, I was worried. I thought the Gold Coast would win the game. I tipped oh, worried. them. Worried? I didn't think we were much of a sniff today. Yeah, neither. Just based on what we've been watching, base. You know, the, the way we've been playing the last six weeks, it's almost irrelevant who the opposition is. Unless it's West Coast. Yep. <laughs> It's all, yeah, but it's it's almost just been irrelevant of who we're playing against because our footy's just been so poor. Mm. But um, no, it was nice and refreshing today. Uh, into the player analysis. So there's a bit of audio that I want to play, but we'll do it after the player analysis. But plenty to come on the show. Player analysis. We'll do BNF votes. A bit of audio that I want to run through that Mark from Mark Murphy on Triple M during the week, which we'll analyze, and then of course Twitter questions and a bit of a. Uh, sneak preview into our mid-season review. So from the backline, Bolt, uh, let's start with Jordan Boyd, who I think's uh, put in a good body of work since coming into the team a couple weeks ago. And I thought once again today, he was very solid. Um, yeah, I mentioned last week, I just think he's good with the ball and uh, I liked his effort today. Yeah, well, he's now had five weeks in a row, so he's had a pretty good spell. Yep. Um, it's an interesting place to start. Jordan Boyd. Oh no, we're going um, through the no, back no, no, line, know, and, and he's on the sheet. Yeah, no, 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 but he's going well. He's going, he's going fine. Um, yeah, he's settling into that spot. He's probably making that spot his own. We could say. Yeah, well, he's he's safe. Yeah, he's no, safe. He's going okay. Uh, great to see Nick Newman back in the team, yeah, and just so, so important. Well, he's having an awesome season. Awesome season. I mean, he is a jet. Is in the only ended up missing two weeks. We thought we'd only get him back after the bye. So he was meant to be out for four to six. Yeah, no, I think they always said the Hawthorne game, so it was good. To oh, get really? him. Okay, yeah, but two weeks early, given that there's a bye next week, and yeah, no, it was great to see Newman was br- brilliant. Um, very, very good. If he had played those two games, I reckon he'd be coming second in my BNF. Yeah, I don't think that he's he's top five. Contra- yeah, that's not still. a controversial comment. Yeah, I think I've got him. About fourth in mind. So, you know, he's going really, really well. And um, I thought the matchups were a bit strange at the start in our back line, given that. So, Newman was, I guess, man to Holman. But I, I thought Holman would get that defensive role on Saad. Mm. Well, um, yeah, I, I, was a, I was also a bit worried about that. But um, no, it was, it was almost as if, you know, Newman was just playing man on man on Holman. I thought that was a bit interesting. But no, Newman was dominant off halfback. Um, yeah. He was. Uh, speaking of the matchups, Weeders and Kemp and McGovern, they were, I guess, the big... Th- well, Kemp and Weedering were the big two key backs today on Ben King and Casbolt. Uh, Your thoughts on how they went? Yeah, well, I, I thought Weedering was superb. Uh, Weedering's had a very, very good month, which is very pleasing because his form was, quite frankly, frightening to start the season. Weedering was very good. He had King for most of the game. I think there was a little bit of a shift late on, on those matchups. But, um, yeah, no, Weedering was very, very good. Just killed him in the air. Really read the ball well. Just a real general's performance from Weedering. And then, I guess, well, Kemp. So I thought the map... I didn't love the way we went about it early with Kemp playing on Casbolt and McGovern playing on Lukosius. I thought it was quite obvious to kind of switch those two up going into the game and Casbolt was getting on top of Kemp really early and then I guess Casbolt went out of the game because it was just no supply really thereafter mm. but um, Kemp actually came really nicely into the game yeah I, um, I thought Kemp was fantastic um, you know 20 disposals at 80% um, he had 9 marks just a pretty solid performance from him 
Uh, and it I, was. And it's I not anything he, against him. I just don't didn't like the matchup. You know, he's almost batting out of his weight division. Like Casbolt's a really big guy to move off the line of a ball. And I just thought McGovern might have been a bit more appropriate to put on um, Casbolt. And even if you get Kemp going up the ground a little bit on Lukosius, I think that's fine. But no, Kemp, Kemp, Kemp's been pretty solid. It's going to make life... You know, you can't really see Lewis Young getting back into that team after the bye against Hawthorne. So... Well, they've got an interesting forward line of Lewis and Kaczynski and yeah. Brockman. and But like Lewis and Kaczynski are really no Bruce. different. They're no different to King and... Yeah, I agree. Casbolt. No, I agree. I can't see Young coming in. He definitely won't. Um, yeah. No, Camp held his own. And McGovern, well, McGovern made some doozies again by foot today. Um, a little bit unreliable in that regard, but he came into the game okay as well. Um, Which is interesting because usually he is reliable by foot, McGovern. Yeah, he's had a bit of an unreliable here by foot. It's it's always been interesting when you've got so many halfback flankers and McGovern's still the one taking a lot of kickouts. It's a bit interesting. But um, no, McGovern was okay. Um, Chincotta? Mm. Yeah, Chincotta's an interesting one as well. I-, I thought he was all right today. You know, he gives us a lot of drive, gives us a lot of burst. And I think now that... Cause it, well, given you've now got Saad, Newman, and Boyd back there as well in that defensive group, I I, I really think Chincotta should be playing where Doherty's been playing. I think I really... For me, that's an easy swap. I think Chincotta should be playing on a wing. And I think Doherty should be behind the ball. And I, I, I keep going on about how I think Doherty should be behind the ball. And I still believe that. I think having Doherty on a wing is just... And he was fine today. It's just the role going forward. It's a bit useless. As in, he's he's pretty slow. He's he's not line-breaking. You're not getting the most out of him. Well, we're not. What you're getting is still good, but you could be getting more. Chincotta on the burst isn't the worst sight of all time either. I don't know. I just think Chincotta might be a bit more maximized, a bit further up the ground rather than deep in defense. And he had a really good game a fortnight ago playing deep in defense on picket but I actually think we could really you know get our team going with a bit of run and gun if Chincotta was a bit further up the ground I don't know that's just what I took from the game today because he actually looked all right with ball in hand it's an Mm. interesting one Uh, it's an interesting one with Chincotta it definitely is Sardi yeah no Sard was fine as well um the the back line didn't have much to do after quarter time did they no no Um, they didn't the Gold Coast kicked three like goals. Yeah, as inside provided good, you know, dash, dare. Um, good game, not great game, but it was good. Uh, into the midfield, I think that's the defence covered off. Uh, into the midfield, we'll start with the skipper who had a whopping 27-3 and P. Cripps. We may very well be hearing P. Cripps three votes after this game. Uh, 27, three goals, 11 score involvements, four tackles, seven clearances. He had four marks couple inside 50s he was I thought this was his best performance of the year I know the GWS game was pretty good but uh, this for me the fact that he spent a little bit more time up forward he just had a bit of variety to his game which we haven't seen this year this for me was like watching Patrick Cripps last year yeah well it's the one thing I guess we've been missing this year scoreboard involvement from the midfielders Mm. it was a great game from our captain it was a game to silence the drop kicks who have been going on about our captain and like we all know the captain's been you know out of form um for the last month at least but um you know to question his loyalty to question his character to question his abilities just his so leadership. not yeah leadership it's just so not right it's almost just people like that can quite frankly get stuffed and Patrick, and that's well, me being, just, and that's me being just, polite. Well, it's just, just not, uh, you can't value someone's Well, it's just Carlton opinion, Bashers yeah. looking for an out. And, you know, Cripps is a champion. He's, you know, such a modern great of our footy club. And it was a beautiful performance. Well, he's a modern was, great of the game. Yeah, no. He's, he's a Brownlow medalist. Yeah, no. Like, oh, you're, you're preaching to the choir in this room. You but, wouldn't you wouldn't sit there and have a go at Paddy Dangerfield when he was injured. And, no, uh, exactly. And, and obviously, Dangerfield's probably the tier above Cripps. But no, of course. In, in terms I'm, of Paddy Cripps, as in just having a go at Paddy Cripps is just so not right. He's out of form. Everyone's acknowledged it. Shit happens. And we don't like it, but sometimes that happens in footy. Cripps had a very good response today, and hopefully he'll have a very, very good second half of the season for us. He was very good. It was nice to see him hit the scoreboard. A couple of nice set shots. It's good. Yep, definitely was. Uh, Kennedy, 27 and a goal. 
and just a, a nice performance from Kennedy. Nine clearances, six inside 50s, eight score involvements and three direct goal assists. He had a big role today. Well, the nine clearances is huge. Kennedy was very good again. He was very good. Um, it's a little surprise, I guess, in the Michael Voss era that when Matt Kennedy plays on the ball, he plays well. So <laughs> it's, um, no, it was, he was, he was very good, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. He was, he was fantastic. Um, Walsh today, it was good to see him have a bit more of an impact. I think he's been getting a lot of the ball this year without doing a whole lot with it. He got a bit creative today. He ran, like there were a lot of moments where he moved the ball forward. Like, yeah, I thought this was a much improved performance by Walsh. Could have yeah. hit the scoreboard, Could've he didn't. Some really weird attempts on goal from him, like weird. I, I think like, at the end of the day, he's having a weird season. Because it hasn't yeah. been bad, but it hasn't been good. He's got a lot of pill and just hasn't done yeah. a whole lot with it all year. No, yeah, weird is maybe the right way to describe it. But there were some just weird attempts on goal. But um, we had no, twenty nine today. He obviously had the yeah. Year. As in ball winning isn't his issue, is not he's always going to find the pill. Five clearances, seven inside fifties, eleven score involvements. Um, thoughts on well, oh the star man. Who's the star man? Oh, our superstar at the moment, Adam Chera. Just, um, of course. Just keeps finding new levels, doesn't he, our boy? My boy. Um, Chera, just superb. I thought he was clearly best on ground today. Again, um, he was just superb. Superb. You know, 17 contested possessions. You know, and I've been saying for most of the season, just his balance to play both sides of the center square, to go in, to go out. He's almost becoming a really complete midfielder for us. 27 um, and two goals as well. No, we can utilize him in very different ways week on week through that midfield group. And it's a really good flexible magnet to have. He's just any, you know, these couple of goals as well. He was eight clearances, six inside 56 tackles, um, four marks today, nine score involvements. It was, it was a complete performance. He was very good. And yeah, really can't complain with that performance. He was superb again. He, he's going from strength to strength, Chera. And, I know the two of us do a rolling All-Australian team every week, and I've got him in my 22 at the moment. He's going very, very nicely, Chera. Yeah, he is. And to say you got him in your 22 with some of the midfielders that are going... Midfielders yeah. that are going and I really right do now. believe that, and I'm pretty unbiased with it, and I, I really do believe... Well, you wouldn't have anyone else apart from Kerno. Yeah, no, do you, exactly. Do you have Kerno? Yep. Yeah. But so. there'd be no one else knocking on the door of the squad even, really. So Chera's going beautifully. He's having yeah. a, a fabulous season. Um. On the wing, Mr. Akers. Yeah, he was all right. He was all right. Nice to see him lay six tackles this week. Bit of grunt in there, but um, no, he was okay. I only kicked the ball well, six there times. Was a, and we'll speak about this after we do the player review, but there was a clear emphasis on tackles. And and we'll speak about that. In well, a, there had to be, didn't there? Let, let's, let's just, let's, I've got a bit of a segment on that, so we'll touch right. on it. We'll touch on it afterwards. But Jed's tackle? No, it's not, not a segment, more just like a discussion point. Yeah. Um, but no, Akers was okay. Yeah, he was okay. I think it was probably the least that he's impacted a game this year hey, in, a, in a good hey. or in a good or bad yeah, way. Exactly. Like he's had some. He's impacted yeah. some games poorly. Um, yeah, I thought it was a bit of a nor here nor there. Uh, Cottrell kicked two oh, and had eighteen. Cottrell was fabulous, wasn't he? He was very good, and and he was, in my opinion, he was pretty lucky to keep his spot. Yeah, had, hadn't had a good fortnight. I um, mean, and it's like, you know what? And I still think. Oh, it's obviously not the best week to go on about. Oh, we'll speak about it at the end, actually. But no, Cottrell, as in that's almost the Cottrell we saw of last year, wasn't it? Just, you know, flashes of brilliance, a bit of personality to a very a vanilla team. Bit of an attacking role as well, like moving forward with the ball, hit the scoreboard. Um, yeah, definitely an improvement on the last couple of weeks. Um, no, he was good. He was very good. Let's speak about the great man who returned after nearly two... Well, was two years out of the game. David Cunningham. Yeah. The last time we saw him was at the MCG against the Ds two years ago. And he returned today. And I think first and foremost, it was just good to see him out there and get through the game. Great to see him out there. 25 months since he tore his ACL against the Ds after he was in pretty good nick at that time. It's been a treacherous two years. It has. It was almost a year out with a knee, a year out with recurring calf injuries. Yeah. So it was good to see Cunningham back. Um, Yeah, I guess it's just a positive he got through the game. We won. The bye will be good for him and he'll come back against Hawthorne, hopefully. Yeah, I agree. Um, He'll he'll survive. 
Yeah, no, I didn't think he was great by any means. Um, he's, he's got very clean hands. His kicking was a bit wayward early. But um, there was one beautiful pickup in the middle of the ground I kept going on about. I'll have to find the vision again. Oh, I've got the vision here. But um, the pickup was fabulous. But It was, um, if anyone wants to watch it, it was in the third quarter with eight minutes to go on the clock. Uh, defensive 50 yeah. line, just scooped it up in quick hands. Yes, it was very good. But um, no, it was just good to see him out there, I guess. He... Didn't set the world on fire by any means, but hopefully he'll be good for the run. And it's a nice little confidence booster. And, it, it, and look, he had a, he attended a few center bounces, so it's a nice you well, know, think it's, mix of leg speed, I guess. And it makes life very interesting for well, guys yeah, like Hewitt and Kerno. We'll speak about that also yeah. after this player analysis. Um, but yeah, I think with Cunningham, you know, when you spend two years out in your first game back, you, you expect to take at least a week to get your feel for the level again. And I think it was clearly showing early. A couple of his kicks weren't quite there. But as the match went on, and hopefully as the weeks go on, he, he gets better. But it's good to see him in the 22. Um, Dow came on as the sub. Played 20 minutes, eight touches at 88%. Um, he had the four score involvements, three inside 50s. Um, yeah, I mean... He had a good last quarter. The, the question I have in regards to Paddy Dow is... like. The buys next week, he wouldn't have played a game in a month. It's three weeks in a row now that he's the sub playing Does twenty-five. Does the VFL team have the buy as well? Oh, I'll have a look, but you know, as an AFL listed player, um, yeah, the VFL team has the buy. Yeah, makes sense. So, you know, you look at Dow and you go, well, he hasn't played for three weeks really. He's played twenty minutes in a for three weeks in a row, twenty minutes each week, um, and now going into a buy. What does that do for his match fitness? You know, oh, I'm sure they'd still be giving him the required blocks in terms of match conditioning. I just maybe, it's obviously not great if you're not playing games every week. But my biggest concern with the whole substitute thing at Carlson at the moment is the the substitute is a genuine role in the 23. It, it is a role, and we saw it last year. Well, and this is where I'm going to go with it. Matt Cottrell last year was the perfect sub. The perfect sub when activated. And the last eight weeks, I'll read you out who our subs have been the last eight rounds of footy. And while you, while you get that up, I've got I, it I up. think it's worth just noting that, you know, we're not just playing for nothing. We are playing to win flags. You have to add some strategy into this. 100% because this, this should be a strategy thing. These have been our last eight substitutes. Kennedy, Kennedy, Kerno, Hewitt. Kerno, Dow, Dow, Dow. Why have the last two months of football had an inside slow midfielder as the substitute? Like, where's the strategy in that? Well, what's that? Yeah, I don't know what they are. I don't know what the... Your four inside clearance midfielders as the substitutes every week. Well, I think what's happening here is... And, and I was going to speak about this after we do the players because, you know, with Hewitt playing VFL this week, there's definitely something to speak about there in terms of the balance of our midfield and the fact that we probably don't have a spot for one of these guys each week, depending on who it is. But I think instead of having one as the sub, just like, what's the point? It's just a stupid sub. I think it's just them going, well, you know, they're probably the next best player. Well, that's, well, that's exactly how they're picking the substitute, but which they're is just not so bad. Strategically, it's so a bad. Sub. It's a genuine role. Like I know they were getting pants today, in, but Alex Sexton, for example, is a great sub. As in the sub this week should have been Bins, in my opinion, considering he's got leg speed, could have come on, provided should a bit have been of dash. Lot. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I just like, reckon- why the inside mid? Who's well, just yeah. going to go into the coal face? And act as another number yeah, around stuff. I feel like it's basically should have been. It basically can be anything but an inside mid. I don't. Know, I'm not totally against someone like Bins who's going to come on and provide some dash with a bit of leg speed on the wing, or he can even play in the forward line or off a half back. Like I, I don't have an issue with that. I, I think it should have been Bins. Perfect way to introduce him into the team as a sub, and also Dow should have played VFL so he got the full game in before we, the bye. We just need the substitute. We can't treat the substitute as if it's just like the 23rd man, we have to treat it as a genuine role in the best 23. Yeah. Well, now that it's guaranteed that you're bringing them on every week. 100%. Absolutely. It's a tactical like, sub. Well, yeah, like, there has to, there just has to be strategy. Even like Silvani's a very good sub. 
Well, yeah, it should have been Sauce. Silvani's been almost Sauce. the perfect sub. Yeah, because he can literally well, play anywhere. It's just versatility. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. But no, Dow had... Dow was fine when he came on. He had one beautiful handball inside 50. Um, yeah, the Paddy Dow farewell tour goes on. Um, <laughs> let's speak about the forwards well, the, today. The, the rucks. The rucks. Yeah, team. yeah. Well, so I actually thought DeConning was good. Yeah. I mean... Well, when you see DeConning striding to full forward and you get the MacAndrew matchup, as in it can only mean you're going to have a more likely chance of a good day than a bad day, isn't it? But no, no I actually thought Tommy went all right today. I think he did as well. I um, thought Tommy went all right. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't leave the ground in awe of his performance. Well, I, I think the most concerning thing out of our two Ruckman is they gave away seven free kicks between well, them. And it's a story of the season. Mark Pittenhead gave away four free kicks in the first 10 minutes of yeah, the game. Yeah, it was crazy. He was on, now for those who play AFL Fantasy, he was on minus 11. I don't think that that's ever happened before. Minus 11, I think it was like eight minutes into the game. Absurd wow. stuff. Crazy. Um, no, but I, I thought, I actually thought, you know, they're both very, sometimes, uh, DeConning's definitely weak, weekly, <clears throat> it's, you know, frequently sloppy in ruck contests, but I actually thought DeConning was quite good. Um, I thought he had a good game. Pro- definitely his best game of the season, I thought. Hit the scoreboard, which is good. Kicked a career high two goals. Um, so- <laughs> You're a prick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have to slide those two words in there? <laughs> well, I've been nice to him. <laughs> I thought I actually did think he played well. And Pittenet, I'm a Pittenet fan, but um, no, he didn't. Ha- he didn't. You know, he did. Well, it wasn't his day. No clearances. <laughs> oh. Five turnovers from eight disposals, and only two of those were kicks. So I'm not sure what handballs he was missing, but no, it was a dirty day for Pittenet, who was back in the team. But um, hopefully he eats Meek and Reeves alive after the bye. It was um, a dirty day for Pittenet. <laughs> Clearly our worst player on the day. Well, I mean, it wasn't even close. Um, let's speak about the forwards, Bolt. We'll start off with H in game 100. 100 Herschel 100. Very, very funny moment on the big screen before the game when the little girl who they had on called him Harry McTen. Yes, I did hear that. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I didn't laugh. But um, Takes a lot to make you laugh, mate. Definitely five minutes before a game. <laughs> 10 disposals for H, three goals. Um, he had the four marks. I thought he four tackles as well. I thought he was very good today. Um, you know, nice to see him hit the scoreboard. A couple wayward kicks out on the full, but um, I think he got the job done today in game number 100, and it was nice to get a win for him in game number 100. Very nice. As in, look, and, and, and that's where I've been defending Mackay. Obviously, his finishing's been completely off the mark for most of the year, but he's still having his five, six shots a game. Always a beautiful option to have up ahead of you um still made some dickish decisions with the ball but um no it was nice result for herschel wasn't it yep it's always good to see herschel smiling in what's been a tough year yes definitely uh charlie well he came up against an all-australian defender of this year in another charlie mr ballard at the gold coast who's having a fantastic season um yeah charlie kicked two uh he probably could have kicked three Dished one off to Fogarty as well. Well, true, yeah. yeah. Um, no, Charlie was fine. Oh, no, he was definitely fine. Yeah. Um, well, it was nice. Off- we had seven multiple goal scorers today. The most multiple goal scorers we've had in nine years. Crazy. Mm. Uh, yeah, that is crazy. Speaking of Fogarty. Yeah. Well, he'll... I think he'll survive. Same. He should. He should, because who's coming in hasn't been any better. Um. Yeah, he kicked the goal. He had 10. Well, at uh, least they could use him a little bit up the ground. He, no, he, well, we'll see what happens. I don't think too highly of him, but I was keen to see him in the team. And um, I don't, I, I can't say he was frustrating, but yeah. it, was, it was a good day to play for him, wasn't it? Well, his, his last easy. game was against the Gold Coast on the Gold Coast yes, last year. which was a horror day to play as a small forward. But um, today, there was a lot of opportunity, lots of supply. Um, no, I thought, yeah, he, look, he went okay. He, he should see next week. Um. Uh, Oe's kicked two. Yes, Oe's hit the scoreboard again. Um, yeah, was, I guess he was all right. Not too dissimilar to Fogarty. You know how many Fogarty laid three tackles. How many did Oe's lay? Six. Six. Well, that's good numbers. So that's a tick from Oe's. Yep. No, I, I definitely would that's think a it's tick. a tick. Uh, Jack Martin. 
Yeah. Had- it was an interesting game because he actually, his disposals were almost gold today. And a couple of very nice goal assists. What's, you know, how many score involvements did Martin have? He had five from his eight disposals. Well, it's not bad. And I think two of them were direct goal assists. Yep, two goal assists. So, uh, look, we know he's not going to get a lot of the ball. We know he's a real bit player who... But, you know, if he's going to make his disposals worthwhile, then that's fine. I, I do think having that third... That stay-at-home third tour, which we've been depriving Silvani of, makes a world of difference. I think Silvani is obviously better than Martin at that pure out-and-out third tour. But Martin obviously plays a bit deeper than Silvani, even when Silvani plays that role. So it's not... It's, I just think it's very important for us to have that in-between player between the towers and the other people at the ground. Mm. I think, you know, at the end of the day, you just want him getting the ball more than eight times. Well, I don't know if he's... I don't think that's in the resume right now. He got subbed right off now. again today. Yeah, he got subbed off again yeah. at three-quarter time. But he... Or maybe just after... But I, I'm not too concerned about the number. Like, if he's going to be a threat and a bit of a bit crafty around goals, I'm okay with it. But, yeah, but what I'm saying is if, if we rate his disposal, you'd like him getting it more than that. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, look, we'll see how he goes after the bye. I mean, it's good that he's in the team. It's good he's playing because he wasn't playing. Like, he's usually injured. Yeah. Um, you know, suffered terribly with injury. So we'll, we'll see how he goes. I think that's it, Bolt. I think that is yes. It sounds the about it. Twenty three. As I just scroll through to make sure I haven't missed yep, anyone. Yep, that'll do it. That'll do it. Um, <clears throat> BNF votes. It's an interesting one today. All right, how are we going? Top three, top five. What are we rolling with, sir? Um, Captain. Let's go top five. Don't quite yeah, know. Let's go you top like to five. Top five after a win. Top three after a yeah, loss. Yeah, sounds about right. Well, it's good to be back with a win, isn't it? Chera gets the five. Cripps gets the four, Kennedy three, Newman two, Cottrell one. Fair enough. I'm going, uh, I'll go Chera five, Cripps four. Uh, oh, it's tough. It's hard to disagree with your five, to be totally honest. Um, yeah, mm. I, I might just completely copy your five. I'll, I'll, I'll just for a bit of change... I'll take Cottrell out as the fifth and I'll chuck in... You won't like this. I'll chuck Kemp in there to get the yeah. one vote. Predictable. Well, you thought... You know I thought he was good. Yeah, no, I, I thought he was fine. Um, That is the, the BNF votes and mid-season review coming up. We'll next record week. it next week. Well, we're going on annual leave for a <laughs> week or so. I'm, I'm actually very excited for the bye. I'm very... It's a bit annoying the buyers coming after a win, but it's 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 going to be great to just have a week off. It's um, been exhausting we'll the do first it. 14 weeks. We'll, we'll update it's our BNF leaderboard. It's been a chore, <laughs> but it's great just to have the week off. We will be updating our BNF leaderboard uh, on the mid-season buy. In that episode, we will be... Ugh, mid-season review in that episode, we'll be yep. uh, updating our BNF leaderboard and we'll read it out on the show, but uh, I think it's safe to say Chera is well ahead. The runaway leader right now, you'd say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, plenty to get through on that in our mid-season uh, review. I also want to touch on some of our Disclaimer, younger players. And it's not going to be nice. Well, you never know. What we'll do you see. mean? We'll see, mate. We'll see. No, see, don't let the wind... Don't, sa- don't, don't let hang the on, wind hang on, before ha- the bye... Hang on a cloud minute. Cloud the mid-season review. The mid-season review is hang very important. on a minute. Yes. You know that I've got... I don't care about the win. But you know it's not changed is, my it's, opinion. It should be a dirty review because it's been a dirty first half of the season. No, I more think it's just going to be very... We'll just be analytical and... Um, Constructive. Well, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to call a spade a spade. Yep. But I mean, I'm good at that. <laughs> just you don't want to you don't want to turn people off it this early. No, no, no. It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be great. Well, you can't get sucked into a win. We'll be clapping the whole episode. Um. All right, Bolt. Let's um speak about the midfield dynamic right now in this team. Uh, George Hewitt played VFL this week. Yep. Now, oh, we'll do a bit quick VFL review before we begin this discussion in the VFL this week. Uh, a six-point loss to Werribee, who are top four, and it was in Werribee, pretty uh, rogue zoo, conditions. Werribee away. <laughs> conditions down there. 
Well, surprise, surprise. Bins had 32, seven marks, Gotta be seven inside 56 rebound 50s. He ran up and down all day. I actually watched uh, most of this game. George had 24. I think it was one of those games. He had nine tackles as well. I think it was one of those games where you sort of, you know, yeah, he was definitely one of the better players on the ground, but he, he wasn't, you know, the difference between us winning or losing. He, he wasn't that sort of... He's never going to be a player that has the impact like that, but, you know, I I, I don't know what I really expected, but, you know, I, 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 I sense that he'll struggle to get back into the team. Uh, good to see Jack Carroll return. He had 23 running through the midfield. He was good. Fisher, 24 and a goal. Lewis Young playing down back had 17. Silvani, he also played down back. Ooh. Played a bit of a weird role. Like, he didn't play as a key. He sort of just played... Like, there were times where he was even forward of the ball. The management of Jack Silvani is a complete clusterfuck. Yeah, well, we, we obviously spoke about it last week. It's a joke. And you look at this week, dropped and played, you know, what, in just, a weird role just in wherever, VFL. Just wherever. Well, yeah, it was clearly more behind the ball, but it, I can't... Like, I watched most of the game. I can't really tell you what his job was for the day. Mm. It was weird. Like, Green. yes, it was it was behind the ball, but it was just weird. He's become too coachable, too nice. Stop um, saying yes. <laughs> Motlop, he was very good. He had 18, seven tackles and a goal. Um, played up the ground. You'd expect that from... That's good confidence. Well, yeah, you'd expect a, a player who's meant to be as good as he is, who's had such a terrible year, you would expect him to go back to the twos and put in a good performance. I'm um, keen so. for him to have a solid block there as well. Uh, Cowan had 16. O'Keefe kicked a goal and had 8, 25 Ooh. hitouts. Honey and O'Keefe's got a big job now because it was the bad news with Murkoff during the week. Yeah, well, Murkoff has missed... Heart complications out for, out for the season. Yeah, so we wish him all the best. He's contracted for next year, so he'll be there. Um, yeah, we wish him all the best in his recovery. Uh, O'Brien, it's interesting because I remember learned last night when I saw you... Um, and you asked how O'Brien was. It was like, shit, forgot O'Brien played. Um, he was, he didn't do much. Um, it's interesting. Well, he's obviously also contracted. You know, th- there's... The it, contract... It's really tough to judge players right now, given, you know, we're going to play a bit of audio in a minute. We'll speak about the state of this team, but it is tough to judge a lot of these players, I think. Why? Just simply because, and, and we're going to speak about this in a minute. We're going to play a bit of audio in a minute. and then I we're understand going to why it's a bit harder for Lockie O'Brien to drop down a level, but obviously his performances at AFL level have been crap all season. Well, yeah, it's but, just, yeah. Um, I think it's just but I, I think someone like, you know, when we speak about Lockie O'Brien or, um, you know, Zach Fisher as two examples being contracted beyond the end of this year, I think, you know, they're going to be left in very similar predicaments to what Paddy Dow was left in, in terms of we're happy to trade you if you want. We're happy to try find a new club for you, you know, despite the contract being in place. And if they want to go, they'll go for more opportunities. If not, they'll kick on at the Blues. And uh, Domiquay had nine, and that is all of the AFL-listed players. Uh, Lemmy kicked a goal and had three. And then, obviously, Charlie's brother was the carryover, so he didn't play at either level. Yep. Yeah, I was walking back to my seat at halftime today, and someone said, Jed, Charlie's brother. Love that. <laughs> I, actually had, I actually had a lot of it during the week as well. Just Charlie's brother. Um, okay, back to that discussion. I think so- it's nice and subtle. Back to that discussion. Do you think Charlie will ever be Ed's brother? Come on, mate. <laughs> um, so, George played in the VFL this weekend. Yeah. There's been a clear decision made by the coaches that they won't play the big five together, being Cripps, Chera, Kennedy, Hewitt, and Walsh. They won't play them together. Whether it was Kennedy... As a midfield rotation. They've played the well, yeah, five I'll, I'll with go Kennedy into down it. back. Whether it be Kennedy moving to the back line, yep. whether it be Chera, who, who for some unbeknown yep. reason move to the back line whether it be one of them being the sub the fact of the matter is they've made that decision those five aren't going to be playing in the midfield together yeah now at the moment it's Hewitt who's slipped out yep 
I think it's going to be tough for him to get back in as a midfielder. Do you think Hewitt would get back in if Doherty was taken completely out of that rotation? No, I don't think so. Because I think that if Doherty was taken completely out of that rotation, Hewitt coming in doesn't doesn't help that. Because no, no, I agree. There's no dash there. There's no, you know, it would push someone like Walsh out or Chera. Yep, yep. It's just I think the bottom line is. It's Hewitt, Kennedy, and Cripps. Let's let's be honest here. Cripps is always going to play. Yeah. There's only one spot for Hewitt or Kennedy, and Kennedy's having more of an impact. And I've said I said this when Kennedy was dropped earlier in the year. You have to play Kennedy. I think he's a better player than George Hewitt. Better over. He's got a. He's he marks he's the ball. Got more strings to his bow. Correct. He's got more as a pure contested ball footballer George is probably better yeah but Kennedy's a better attacking player I think he's a better kick or he kicks it more he can take a mark over his head he's probably a better tackler I just think Kennedy's a better player Um, and yeah I I think George is going to struggle to get in as a midfielder and if you look at our defense right now I don't think they're going to play him ahead of Boyd and I don't think they're going to play him ahead of Newman and probably well, he's not the same type of player as Chincotta. So yeah, no, it's, it's midfield or bust. He faces a tough predicament, George. He does. And it's, and it's stiff. I mean, it's quite ridiculous. Like, it's completely being let down by the coach, and we'll speak about it in a minute. Um, but, I think the, but I think the acknowledgement of maybe the midfield wasn't evolving the way the game was, was is, is, isn't really a knock on the coach as such. It might be a bit more proactive. Do you not think? I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it doesn't just leave those mids in a precarious position this year. I actually think going forward, like, can you see Can you see all of them playing next year even? I don't think now you can. Well, maybe you can't. Where does that leave George, who signed on a four-year deal? Where does that leave well, Matt Kennedy, who just re-signed? Yeah, well, for the time being, it leaves Hewitt in the reserves, and he's got to find a way back into that team. Can he get back in if it's not via an injury? Yeah, he probably can. He probably can, but as we said, they'll have to shift the magnets. Um, I think George Hill's a really good footballer. He hasn't had a great season. Oh, no, we, He's had a couple of injuries he this was, year. He was fantastic he, uh, he last year. He would have won the BNF last year had he not got injured. He was on track to win the BNF at the time he got injured. Yeah. He, well, or he, he, he would have come second behind come the Brownlow fourth? medalist. He came like fifth. came fifth and missed so like six or seven yeah. games. He, he would have gone very close to winning it. He um he's a good player, George. He had a really good twenty twenty two. He's definitely been down on form this year. There's no doubt about that. He's you know he hasn't been very impactful you know in the games he's played for us this year, to say the least. Um, I'm gonna put in a bit of audio here. Yeah, go on. Now we heard this during the week. Uh, let me just get the audio ready. This was during the week. Mark Murphy on Triple M, um, and he basically said that we've got some game style issues. Here's Mark yep. Murphy uh, on... Sorry, I keep saying Triple M. It was absolutely not Triple M. It was ABC Sports. So my apologies to ABC. Oh, we're not employed by either network. No, so we're not. Cares? No, we're not. But just want to make sure that we're giving the right credit here. This is audio Mark Murphy on ABC during the week. Former club captain Mark Murphy, that is. Club legend Mark Murphy, that is. I feel, looking at the way in which they're playing, I feel that they've been heavily invested in a stoppage game and feeling that's the way in which they need to play to be able to win games of football. And that's what it looked like the first 12 games of last year, 11 games when they were 8-3, they were and, and they were scoring from stoppages, and it was a stoppage game, and they had the emergence of like Hewitt coming across and Chera coming across and, and, and Matt Kennedy going to another level. Mm-hmm. And you include that with Sam Walsh and Patrick Cripps, who had a Brownlow medal winning year. So that's where a lot of their scores came from. I felt they tried to double down on that again this preseason. And this is just from the outside looking in. I'm not involved with the football club anymore, but the feeling is that they've invested in the stoppage game and it's almost like the AFL's turned into a turnover game and a quick, risky game style football, and they just haven't trained that. Yeah, so they're playing the wrong style for what carries the day in modern footy. And I feel they're trying to rectify that in 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 season, and it's... It's pretty hard. It is hard, and it's too hard to do that in season. So, Bolt, that audio um, is pretty damning, I think. I, I, I think that that's, that's the best explanation 
analysis that I've heard of what has gone wrong for us this year. 100%. It was just we've been left behind in the evolution of the game, haven't we? I ask you two questions. Well, it's one question. It's a two-part question. Multi-layered. Yes. Is that anyone's fault? Yeah. And, And if so, whose fault is it? Well, we've been left behind in the grand scheme of the game. Whose fault is it? Well, I think that's, I guess, the synergy and connection between your list management team and your coaching team. Because I fear... Well, the the list management team's built a list based for that game that might be outdated now and we're being coached, you know, to play a game which might be outdated now. So to hear the words that we've doubled down on that stoppage game and now that's the wrong style, I have a counter argument to that. Why is it the wrong style? Who's to say it's the wrong style? Yeah. It's a different style, but who's to say it's the wrong style and is it not weak-minded to try and start changing that during the season? No, and I hear that argument as well. I don't think it should be changed mid-season. If we think what we're doing is good, well, not good, but if we think what we're doing is, is... Right, for is, what we've got. Yeah, then why would we change it? Why would we well, it's succumb clearly, it's to... it's clearly not working. I know. The, the evidence is there to suggest it's not working. I know, working. but it's just... It, you're behind You're behind the pack if you start conforming to the way but that the But we're behind the pack playing. anyway. Would you not just try and reinvent something else and just play... Just I try f- something else completely different and new? That's what we're doing. Well, I feel as if we are... Well, that's what we need to do, I mean. Yeah, we're not as doing in, it. I don't, as in, but we've been going on about the coach all season. I don't think there's any point doing what they've been doing because it's clearly just so ineffective. The games... No, I agree. The games become a quick defensive game. That's what it's become. The scoring hasn't necessarily increased, but the speed of the game's just gone quicker. Because... And, and that is why our half-forward line is so useless at the moment. Because, you know, that's almost the line where you need to create your turnovers where you're still in, you know, that scoring vicinity 60 to 80 Mm. meters out, which is why it's so frustrating. And you look at, you know, the best, you know, I guess, let's not use Collingwood, let's use Port Adelaide as a benchmark. Yeah. You look at that half forward line where you've got Pal Pepper, who didn't, wouldn't have had a lot of ball on Thursday night, but he was almost top three or four for them. He was just, the heat he brings and the way he's able to hit the scoreboard. And he's been great all year. He's had a great season. And then you look at, you know, and I'm sure, I can't speak on behalf of them, but I'm sure they would have to rate Jed McEntee pretty highly internally. Or I'm pretty, you know, all those other high half forwards, you know, even Butters brings the heat a bit on that half forward line. Like Burn Jones played up Burn there Jones for a bit. playing, you know, he's been playing in that forward line. Because, you know, Burn Jones is almost the perfect example. It's a good point. He's almost the perfect example of how the game's changed, where rather than having that pressure to force the turnover in the back half and be nuggety and gritty in there, do it in the forward half and you're still in scoring range if you force that turnover, that forward of the ball. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty... Um, it's... The, the, yeah, it's just eye-opening, really, when he he just explains it so clearly and just breaks it down very, very simply. And very- trust me, Mark Murphy knows a shit team when he sees a shit team. Oh. He, he, he. <laughs> if anyone... If you have to ask anyone... Unfortunately, you ask him. Yeah, um, I think I might. I think I'd go to Simpson first, the most losing player of all time. Yeah, and now he's assistant coaching at Hawthorne. <laughs> Kate Simpson mm. loves losing. No, he do, that's he doesn't love losing. <laughs> he just doesn't know anything else. <laughs> he does. He know, exactly. He knows nothing else. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's damning. Um, just very quickly, we mentioned before there was a complete emphasis on tackling during the week. We can yes. absolutely safely say that because last week against the Bombers, we Hapless. had pardon, couldn't lay a finger on them. We had thirty-three tackles against the Bombers last week. Now I can't remember the stat, but it was a low. It was the lowest we've had for a long time. This week we had seventy-one. Sorry, it got adjusted. We had sixty-nine tackles this week. Yeah, well, it's... So there's been a major emphasis. If you look at the the numbers as well, it's the players who didn't lay them last week who got involved this week. Akers was six. Uh, Well, Chera's been laying them all year, but he had six. Newman came straight in six. Oe six. Cripps four. Doherty four. Mackay four. And then Boyd, Cottrell, Cunningham, DeConning, Fogarty, McGovern, 
Saad, Walsh all had three. I mean, the only three players on the ground who didn't lay a tackle were Dow, who played a quarter, Martin, who was subbed off and probably should have had a few when he was on, and then Pittenet. So there's an emphasis, um, and it's good to see that they carried that out. So you hope that they bring that level after the bye. Yeah. Um, no, it was, we, we, we brought the heat today. We, we played pretty well. Um, is there anything else to touch on in regards to those comments from Murph? Because no, I, uh, I do think that those are serious, seriously allegations. Good. No, 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 seriously good. Observations. It's a good analysis. It is, it is. Um, and it puts things into perspective and it, and it then begs the question, well, can you pin really anything on the players this year? Like if they've, do you know what I mean? Like, well, and you know me. Uh, very well and and you know I'm always one where I go at players ability first and what what's the line I've been saying all year I'm not defending the players performances but I have been very steadfast in saying it's real from my seat at the footy it's always felt like the players being let down from the coaching group more so than the coaching group being let down by their players yeah. that's how I've always felt and I think those observations from a pretty reliable source of opinion in Mark Murphy is almost, you know, that backing that up. Yeah. Yeah. Validates what you've been saying. I agree. I just think like, that's what I was saying before. It's hard to, it's hard to crack down on the players when unfortunately they've been trained to play a brand of football that is not going to work and hasn't worked. And we're also playing a brand of footy, which is so possession oriented when we know our possession isn't great. The other thing which I think is even more alarming is, you know, and I actually don't think we've got the players for it, but can this list play the style that is required to win games of football these days? Well, I guess... Because, I don't know, I I, I don't know if we've got the bodies. I, I don't... When you look at Carlton, you don't think of the type of football that is required. I think we do. Like, who uh, who are our explosive... Quick, well, that's your, your, dashy. That's your Walshers and your Sards and your Cheras and even to the lesser extent, your Cottrells and your Cunninghams that we saw today. Yeah, and Doherty. Yeah. But but that's where we really need a really good two-way running half forward. Well, yeah. The, the number... I think last year... Last year, we all said we need to recruit wingers. And I think now we can say safely that we need to recruit some good small forwards, whether they be small crumbing forward pockets or whether they be quick, dashy, high half well, forwards. Well, I think the number one priority in a small forward now is bore attention inside 50. I think yeah. that's the measure of a good small forward. Well, Matt Owies has been our best small forward for 2023 by a mile. That's a, but, but, but very loud on the mic. <laughs> Even that. That was a good clap. But I, I just think... Get the sweet spot of the palm. Um... <laughs> I just think that saying something when you when you you know put that into perspective oh, that he's been now honey motlop Durden one game fogarty there's not much competition. Let's hope bins can come in and have a an impact on a high half forward. You never know. Maybe I don't know. Isn't he a winger? Yeah, but I don't know. Magnets get shifted from the VFL. Magnets get a bit lost when you go from the VFL well, board to the correct. AFL board. You know board. that, mate. We spoke about it last week. All right, Twitter questions as we wrap the show. Um, and we will zip through these this week uh, as they load on my phone. Here we go. Um, Michael Joseph, uh, not a question, but how clean was Cunners on a number of occasions? He's a smart footballer who is so clean. Yep. No, he was. He's definitely very clean at like extracting and like gaining the footy, which was really good. I think he'll be good for the run. Yep, hundred uh, percent. Jimmy Faz, who's changed his name to Jimmy West Ham European Champions Faz, <laughs> the great man. Um, he says, "I'm happy, no question," and that's what we like. Yeah, no, uh, it's, it's nice. Winning's nice. Winning's <laughs> always good. Josh says, "Why is it Charlie's brother and not Ed's brother?" Oh, J A S J L. <laughs> at little J yeah. five. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's on a bit of a Twitter question streak, Joshy. Um, 
And he was the man behind the whole pajama-wearing fiesta last week at work, which did the rounds on Twitter for me. It did. Now, if you want to see Bolt in a in a set of pajamas at work, uh, head to our Twitter feed. I'll retweet it again. No, you don't, you don't need to do that. <laughs> do but that. I had to do it for a couple Thursday, Friday last week. It was a couple of cheap laughs. It was all right. But why? So what was his? What did he say? Sorry, why? Oh, why is it Charlie's brother, not Ed's brother? <laughs> yeah. Well, do the math. Um, Jeremy Cruz says, does Cotters being, f- does Cotters belong in the forward line rather than the wing? If so, is there room for bins? I actually don't mind that. Well, maybe he's that more energy high half forward, you know, he, where he can he do his damage. He absolutely is. Do his damage forward of the center square. Oh, that's, that's where, a, that's where he was gra- really effective last year as well. That's as a great, all Australian that's sub. a great call from Jeremy Cruz. Uh, Ewan Morden says, Cotter's bad outweighs the good today. Arguable, arguably the same with Akers. Uh, Kennedy was really good today. Dow looks good when injected into the game, but George is out. What's the best balance to discuss? Well, I think we've spoken yeah, about that. It's, 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 it's going to be really fine line. The answer is we don't know what the best well, balance is. I, I think we do. And I think that balance for right now is that one of them has to, unfortunately, mm. not play. But at the same time, you'd like to see George in there. We'll see how yeah. that can possibly work. Uh, SC Gav says the tackles were a clear highlight of the game. Plus, we looked like we chose to play on and stopped holding up play after quarter time. Complete opposite to what we have done in previous weeks. Definitely still got work to do, but let's hope this win has dusted off a few cobwebs. I hope it does, because the first quarter was embarrassing as well. Let's not forget that. First quarter was very slow and stagnant and looked like, ugh, one goal at quarter time. You know, how's this going to go? Hmm. It was almost like it was really simmering at quarter time. And then it just came out of nowhere, didn't it? Five goals in 10 minutes in the second quarter. Uh, it was a bit overwhelming. <laughs> Very hoodish says, pick the right time to play on today. Tackled hard. What was the feature that you enjoyed most about today? Oh, for me, it was clearly just the the route one footy we played. Just how direct, how direct it was. And, you know, quick entries which I guess goes hand in hand with playing on when you need to. And I just loved the how direct our play was. That's what I've always asked for. And that's where I think we look at our most damaging. Jeff Bundy says, playing against an inconsistent young and interstate team who historically don't play well at the MCG. What does this actually mean for the club? Well, it's a team that historically just doesn't play at the MCG, really. I think it's only their 13th trip to the G in 13 years. But, um... What does it mean? Well, in the grand scheme of things, maybe not much. We get an extra win for the season. We can keep, we can build on that win. We can build, you know, the formulas may be there. This is how we need to play to get really quick scores and look like a really damaging team. So maybe it's a nice little, I guess, platform to build on that. But yeah, in the grand scheme of things, maybe it's, I guess, meaningless if they can't build from the way they played. Brady Park says, can't help but think what could what could have been with this season after watching us create overlap run through that second quarter. We look dangerous, and I'm hoping the, coach, the coaches start buying into that style of footy. Nice to be back on the winner's list. 100%. And yeah, I guess that is the great frustration out of this season that we've all known the style that needs to be delivered, and it just hasn't gone anywhere near it. Gallagher and-, and maybe this is more of a question on Stewie Jew's coaching ability rather than ours. Maybe it was just the game was given to us. It's tough to, I guess, assess that. It is. Uh, Gallagher NY says, noticeable change to the mid-forward rotations today. A number of players cycling through inside mid and forward at different stages. Yep. It helped keep speed and aggression around the ball. And I think that's yep, spot on. I agree. Um. Lockegg says, "Is DeConning a legit forward option? One of his better ga- one of his best games, and hit up the wings, allowing the towers to stay deeper." Yeah, well, it was, it was a good change. I thought DeConning was good, and I agree with that. It did allow the towers to, you know, be more at home because we saw, I guess, the three of them played with Pinnanet against Sydney in Sydney, and it was almost Kerno that was the one playing on the wing, which he was actually quite good at it. But it just feels a bit wasted with Kerno so far up the ground, given he is our. Number one avenue to goal. So, no, I think DeConning helped that a lot. I thought DeConning was good. Uh, Brad Nicole says, still a lot of problems, but it was a great afternoon at the footy, fellas. It was. Definitely was. Jack- it's nice to go to the footy and for it just to be like, the game was basically over at halftime. Well, yeah, it was feet up. I, 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 exactly. Feet up at the footy. It's, it's just nice, isn't it? it and is. we don't get that often because, you know, we've had that, 
I guess, you know, today almost felt like, oh, could it be like those Port Adelaide or Hawthorne games last year where you're cruising at halftime and then they just come back and... But no, it was relaxing. Uh, Jack Johnston says, is TDK a more effective play with a faster and more aggressive game style? Well, well I, think, I think all key forwards are. I was going to say. Um, AO888 says, backline looked a lot more mobile and dangerous on the counter with Weeders, Kemp and Gov. Gold Coast, obviously not the most dangerous tall forward line, but thoughts on the mix without Young going forward. He's been a real liability with ball in hand recently. Yeah, no, I think it's a good call. I think uh, we probably did look a little bit more bouncier off the halfback phone. I think it's a very good observation. Um, Um, I I agree. I agree. Mickey C, can we back it up after the bye? Well, we hope we can. The Hawks are going to be tough. The million dollar question. Hawthorne's been going all right. We'll speak about that. Well, they've got the Suns this coming week up on the Gold Coast. And and I, I think, look, the big... If with Hawthorne is how Sicily goes at the tribunal on Monday night. True. True. Brett Cox says a massive understatement, but a much needed win. Loved yeah. the game style after quarter time. Admittedly, the Gold Coast's pressure was on the low side. Was horrible. But, but the play on attacking style was so much more enjoyable to watch than the dire stop start we've been playing. Keep that up, Blues. The wins will come. Did you notice the Bronx cheers after we kicked it behind to hit the 100? Bit of a cheer <laughs> went around the ground. <laughs> Um, I reckon that that is that for the Twitter questions. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a very interesting game against the Hawks after the bye. Well, it's just, it's must win because if you win, if you beat the Hawks, it no, makes... no, don't don't start getting that tone. Well, if you win this game and no, then you no, win no, that game, well, and... Hawthorne's a game which we should be winning. Okay, really, I, 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 you know my thoughts on Sam Mitchell as a coach and what he's been able very to do good. There. They should have beaten us last year. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to be going into any game with any bit of yep. You we can pencil this one in, but it's a game which really the, we, we should, should be, be winning. Yes, which would just make the the game after that a bit interesting against the Dockers. So if we were to beat Hawthorne and then if we were to go over to free uh, to Perth and beat the Dockers on the road, which I think will be very tough. Yep. If we were to win those two games, what do, do we then start bringing LFC back in, possibly to the equation? Yeah, if we win those two games, we can. We can have a geese. But basically, we're done unless we win those two. Those two, we have to bang those two. We've still got the Eagles. Yes. Is that the week after? It's Port, then the Eagles. So, so is it fair to say that you have LFC is still cancelled. No, LFC's LFC's cancelled. But how would our? I think that I think the question that people would be asking is, how would our season be looking if we win three of the next four? So beating Hawthorne and West Coast, and then beating one of three or yeah, eight, one, and nine. Yeah, it'll be. Is that we'll have we'll we'll have that conversation if that miracle occurs? Yeah, and that would be a miracle. Well, I don't know if it'd be a miracle as per se. Obviously, the three or win will be tough. Because the following three games after that, <laughs> Collingwood, St Kilda and Melbourne, um, and then a trip to the Gold Coast and finish the year in against the, the Giants. We've really only got room to lose two more games. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's yeah. why LFC is canned. Yeah, it's completely canned. The people segment. Got room to lose two more games and we have to play... Freo the up there, we have teams. to play Port, Gold, uh, Collingwood, yeah. Melbourne, and St Kilda. Tough. Tough. Um, One week at a time. Enjoy the bye. Yeah, just very Hawks. quickly. Um, yes. Do we think there'll be any forced slash obvious changes against the Hawks? We'll, we'll speak about... It doesn't look like there'll be any forced changes through injury at the moment. We'll see how Cunningham pulls up. We'll see how Martin pulls up after his big fortnight of work. Um it doesn't look, didn't look like looks like we got through the game unscathed, which is good. But in terms of some obvious changes, is there anything there? Do you think Bins will make his debut against the Hawks? Like, what do you? No, think? I wouldn't have thought so. Because I think Cottrell would have been that four guy for Bins. Mm. I, I think Dow or, or Cunningham, I guess. I think Dow will play VFL because he need he yeah. needs to get a full game in, and I think I'd like to see Bins as the sub, but well, I think what, it'll probably it'll be, be Charlie's brother. It'll be it'll be Charlie's brother, it'll, or, or or it'll be Hewitt, one of the two. Yeah, the slow, the slow sub. Um, that is all, Bolt. What's on for the bye weekend? Absolutely nothing. Feed up. It's actually a good round of footy coming up. Well, this was I was saying today. This was like probably one of the worst rounds of footy of the year. There wasn't just wasn't. Right. 
there weren't any got some blocky bees in round yeah, fifteen. Well, there weren't any. Well, there was one blocky bee this round being Port Adelaide Geelong, which yeah. ended up being a slight blowout. So there weren't really really any close games. The the Richmond St Kilda oh, game was, was all right. That was there to be one with five minutes. It was to a go. pretty good game. Yeah, I always like watching footy in those conditions. I Do think. You? It, well, I just think it's. Uh, I think it evens the game out a bit. Yeah, no, it's a good round. Look at the Reminds round. Come, look at the, the round coming days. up. Well, yeah, the round coming up. Geelong and Melbourne at GMHBA big is big game at the ABCD Stadium. Yeah. is is going to be a ripper. Saints Br- Brisbane Friday big night game. at Marvel is. Up for grabs. That's a massive game. Sydney will beat West Coast. Frio Essendon in Perth huge is a game. huge game. And that's, I'm telling you, that's like LFC's marquee game. Frio Essendon and Frio. <laughs> um, Collingwood Adelaide. Huge. and then- That's a great game. At, at the G- that's a good game. Yeah, that is a good game. And then Hawthorne uh, Gold Coast in Gold Coast. Who do you tip in that? Well, yeah, you After tip what the you Suns, just saw. But- <laughs> After what you just saw. The atrocity we just saw from those red and yellow people. <laughs> it's a good round. Um, yeah, you can say what you want about the Gold Coast because I don't think anyone will be listening to this pod who goes for the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah, they were shocking. They were shocking. It's comfortably... West Coast aside, that's the worst opposition we've played say, this year. It's comfortably the worst we've seen apart from West Coast. Yeah. Like, so bad. Shocking. Um, Almost disturbing. Yeah, it was just... Yeah. Imagine how frustrated you'd be if you went for the Gold Coast, seeing as this was like... It was very on brand for them to lose like that game. You win today against a team who couldn't buy a win for two couldn't months. Couldn't buy a goal. Yeah, couldn't buy months. goals for two months. All you need to do is beat them and you go into the top eight, going into, like, coming off the bye. Going into Hawthorne going at home. Going into Hawthorne at home, being in the top eight. It's like, oh, come on. It was there for them. It was there for them. They should and you have... lose percentage. Well, yeah. You look at Freo's yeah. lost to GWS. As crazy as it sounds, it's hard, It's very difficult for them now to make the eight after that loss. Doesn't help. But you look There's at, still like, only you look a like game Fre- out. Fremantle's but- loss. They went down from 10th to 13th yeah, well, based purely on percentage. Done. Their percentage went down so much. It took them from 10th to 13th. Yeah. Percentage, it's going to be in vogue again. Well, percentage is going to be massive this year because of how tight the ladder is in the middle part. I mean, if you look at it right now, it's hard to judge because some teams have played different amounts of games. Yeah, my personal assistant at LFC, um, PTYLTV, five will be teams on, on six wins. How crazy! How quickly can a season turn around for well, a team? Richmond Richmond's are now back ninth. in the conversation. They're now ninth. I know they're home. You reckon they'll make the eight? No, no, no. I'm ninth. Richmond's back in. Oh. <laughs> Wins over the Saints and then Freo in Perth um, and the week before against the Giants, which they probably should have They've got the bye than the Swans at the MCG, so it'll be interesting how the Tigers go. Like, they could be... The Tigers could be flying, you know? They lost that game to Essendon by a point, which they should have won. And they've got Tommy Lynch coming back in. True, Tom Lynch has been out. They lost to the Gold Coast at Marvel. Like, they've had a lot of games. They've lost some complete stinkers. You know, that, we'll loss, that loss to the Bulldogs was pretty bad when that, it happened. And even competition means maybe less wins. We'll, we'll just keep an eye on it. Yeah. Thank you, Bolt. No worries. Enjoy the bye. Yeah, enjoy your week off. I'm, I'm sure you'll absolutely- Bloody excited. Yeah. You're heading uh, heading to the slopes or anything? No, no, we don't. No, no. no <laughs> That's we, for September. We've got Perth in a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, thank you, Bolt. We'll be back in a few weeks. A, a couple. Sorry, we'll be back for the mid-season- Review. Yes. And, and then, then we'll the be Hawthorne back game. for the Hawthorne review. I'll finish us off this week. Go Blues. <laughs> and they will know 